following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Welcome to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. College Football Conference Championship Edition with my Wise Guy Roundtable. To my right, Brad Powers. In front of me, Ken Thompson. To my left, Steve Fezzik. He's become a staple here. I'm R.J. Bell. Guys, this is the week. This is the week the playoffs are set, and we've got big games which are going to affect these playoffs in a drastic way. At the very end of the show, we're actually going to be debating a few of these playoff situations and getting a take on who will be in and who should be in in these given scenarios. We also have three best bets. We've got pros versus Joes. We've got a crossfire coming up. First, though, we always start with the power ratings disagreement. And oh, by the way, this game is also a pros versus Joes game. All just the first game. It's Miami and Florida Clemson. Fez, you disagree on the Clemson power rating. Brad, you've got Clemson number five. Four yes. teams ahead of them. Four teams ahead of them currently in my power ratings. Fez, where do you think Clemson should be? Clemson should be number one right there with Alabama. My handicap's pretty simple here. So, so tie for one. Tie for one. Defending champs, they would have been 12-0 and this year. Their only loss at Syracuse, their starting quarterback gets knocked out at the end of the first half. That's the only reason they lost that game. And frankly, they win that game, which they would have. They would have been 12-0. and If I came in and said Clemson shouldn't be number one, guys, you guys would be throwing things at me. Like, what are you talking about, Fez? Defending champions, ran the table. I think clear-cut, I would take Pickham, Clemson gets Oklahoma, Ohio State, Auburn all day long. Now, Fez, last week... You did not like Clemson that particular spot against South Carolina. What did you see in that game that has you? Because I know you didn't have Clemson tied with Alabama last week at number one. Uh, what did you see in that specific game that, that has you upgrading Clemson so much? Clemson just played a great game. It was a home run spot for South Carolina. Clemson dominated from the opening kickoff despite a hostile environment. I bumped Clemson two points in the power ratings. And I also bumped Clemson up two points. You and I had a very similar handicap. We did a free pick video uh, at uh, it can be found on YouTube at the pregame site uh, on backing uh, South Carolina Clemson's opponent in that one. But still, to me, th- this was a 30-1 to national title team coming into the season. So there was at least 10 teams ab- above them heading into the season. I was actually higher on Clemson than, than the rest of the, the betting market coming in. I had them around number five. Prior to last week, I hadn't seen anything to have me massively upgrading this Clemson team. Uh, they had a couple of struggles, a Boston College game where they, they, they struggled. The, the final score was misleading. They had a, a closer than expected all right, all right, game. All right, all right. I don't want to go through the all schedule right. because you can spin anything, yes. right? The team has one loss. The team is favored drastically to make the playoffs. And, Brad, that, that this to me is a reoccurring theme of you with Wisconsin. Teams that win the games they're supposed to win have to be given credit. It just blows my mind. And I'm not sure where Clemson is myself, because I'll be honest, Fez, I'm not anxious. I, I, I mean, what do you think the line should be Clemson against Ohio State or Clemson against Oklahoma? One, one and a half? Clemson laying two. I'd lay two. two? I think two. Wow. Yeah. 
And I'm glad RJ brings this up because I have, you know, four teams within a half point of each other. We're talking Oklahoma, Clemson, Auburn, Ohio State. So, but I, I guess back to you, Brad, is like Wisconsin's a team that just wins and wins and wins. And it's always like, oh, yeah, but they had a turnover here. Or, hey, there was three inches of grass in the end zone there. There's always some reason that winning doesn't matter. It's like, how do you go 11-1 or 12-1 and one and not get upgraded when you were supposed to be like 30, 35-1? to one? Well, I, again, I was already having them, uh, you know, higher rated in the markets. I had them top five. No one else had them in the top five. So, I but was even top there. five teams aren't supposed to win. Like if you, every season except for Alabama, you can pretty much get any team plus money to make the playoffs. You agree with that, Fez? Oh, absolutely. So when a team is doing everything necessary to make the playoffs, that is exceeding expectation. Except Alabama. And RJ, now that we're in the playoffs, remember the book on Dabo Sweeney. He's great in the playoffs. Well, the playoffs are about to start. It's time to upgrade Clemson because well, of that. Well, first off, that's a, that's a whole different debate. I believe power ratings should be in a vacuum if these teams play a thousand different times in a thousand different conditions and a thousand different motivational spots. I think that that things like situational coaching advantages in these spots should be in the handicap, not built into the power. I don't think the power ratings should be a handicap of the week because then they're just going to fluctuate. To, there'll be no rhyme or reason to their fluctuation throughout the season. But that's a whole other debate. So... Ken, where do you got Clemson? I have him number one. I have him number one. Then I have uh, Georgia, Auburn, Oklahoma. Those four. I, I have Auburn two, Oklahoma three, Georgia four, and then I have Bama and then Wisconsin uh, coming in. And they've impressed. They, they've impressed me more than I thought. Wisconsin. I didn't think that they were going to be a team that was going to be able to run the table. And we'll still see what they have against your Buckeyes. But as far as uh, Clemson, this team's doing everything right. And Fez talked about Kelly Bryant going out in the Syracuse game. Look, I'm not guaranteeing that they're going to win that game. When he was in there, they were being outplayed. And those standalone games sometimes happen. We've seen it happen in several occasions this year. A team can get up and play well above their means for one night. And that can, you know, give one team a blemish. But, uh, uh, again, it's a Clemson team right now that's clicking on all cylinders. They have the uh, the pedigree, and they have the experience, and they're taking on a Miami team that doesn't have the experience in these types of games. And I think Miami's in a lot of trouble, despite Mark Rick being the coach at the Alma Mata. I just think, uh, you know, there's well, just too much experience there for Clemson in this situation. Let's get into the game itself. But, Brad, last comment. If Alabama played Clemson on a neutral, you actually have Bama favored by three in that game. Yes. Absolutely. Right, so as much as you're talking half point and all this, you still have Bama clearly the best team by two, two and a half points. With, Last week, it would have been five and a half or six. Yeah. Well, that's interesting, but they're still. Yeah. The they're still team. favored over anyone else. Yeah. Favored over anyone else. Yes. Absolutely. And their best win is uh, LSU. Hmm. Okay. Pros <laughs> versus Joes in this game. We got Clemson. And we've got Miami. This game was five, bet up to nine and a half. Now let's get this straight. Is the pros are on Miami. I'm on Miami plus nine and a half. And the Joes, the fanny packs, as we say, and, and the fanny packs are not full of money, are on Clemson. All right, Ken, you like this game. Who do you like? Make your case. All right. Well, for me, Clemson's got too many weapons. I mean, Kelly Bryant, solid quarterback. He's back from the 
ankle injury and also the uh, concussion protocol, he's 100%. Etienne and Feaster, dynamic backfield, and then Renfro, McLeod, and Kane, too much on the wideout position. Again, Miami's living and dying by the turnover. Plus 17 in turnovers, the turnover chain, that's all well and good. But most of those turnovers happen at home where they outscored Virginia Tech and Notre Dame 69-10 to 10 in back-to-back games. But I just think Clemson will get them, you know, by a touchdown in each half. I have Clemson, you know, anywhere from 14 to 20 points, RJ, to win this game. All right, Ken making his case with the Joes. Brad, you're sharp as a tack. You, you can't be with the Joes. Who, who do you lean or like here? Yeah, I lean with Clemson, minus the points here. And Fez kind of briefly mentioned it. It's dabble time. Uh, you look at him in postseason games, whether it be championship games, playoff games, bowl games, 9-1 and one straight up, 9-1 and one against the number the last five years. They've been there, done that as a program. I can tell you one team that hasn't been there, done that. This is the first time ever Miami's been in the ACC championship game. So I'm wondering if the stage is a little bit big. And let, let's face it, Miami has played up to the level or down to the level of their competition all year. But those two big wins against Notre Dame and Virginia Tech were prime time at home. This one's going to be on the road. And I mentioned, even though it's kind of neutral, this is going to be a crowd, at least 75% of the crowd, if not more, with Clem, back in Clemson here. You know, to me, this is a situation where the pedigree of the program matters. Right, you put on that Canes uniform and you've seen the tape. You've seen down in Texas with the six shooters and all that. You're not scared, right? And these are a lot, lot of elite recruits. So, I mean, if this was uh, Illinois State coming in somehow, I see that. But if anything, I think the pedigree, I think the fact we're getting so many And again, I'm with the pros. But the fact that we're getting so many points, almost double digits. This game opened at five, up to nine and a half. And we have such a pedigree team. I mean, this will be, if it gets to 10, this will be some of the best athletes of the season ever to be getting double digits with Florida State against Clemson being another example. Fez, what do you lean or like? I lean to the dog here. I really think the Dabo tax has gotten to this team. Brad mentioned how good he is in these championship games. Well, he won the ACC championship game by eight points and by seven points the last two years. That's not going to cover nine and a half now that the spread's that high. And I'm going to give Miami a, not a free pass, but somewhat of a pass. They go to Pittsburgh, team from Miami off a of three straight, hot, humid, big wins in Miami. They go to 40 degrees in Pittsburgh in a game they don't even need to win. Yeah, they were flat. Let's update, too, that we are doing this Tuesday night, and the uh, top four just came in as far as the playoffs with Clemson sitting one, Auburn sitting two. Then you've got Oklahoma three, Wisconsin four, followed by Alabama and Georgia. Okay, so does that affect any of your handicaps this week? No, I just wanted to get that in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but I think it's what was expected. Would, would we all agree? Yep. And we'll go over a few scenarios at the end that could be combustible. Game number two, this is a crossfire. But first... We've got our AP poll disagreement. We do the, we're the official pregame.com odds provider for the Associated Press in over 750 newspapers, over a thousand websites. And Brad, you disagree though, and we're fine with it. We're objective, just the facts, ma'am. When it comes to the AP poll, you think Fresno State is way overrated. Yeah, and I could have picked, you know, Miami's overrated or Ohio State's underrated like I've been doing each week. But I'm going to take advantage of a team appearing in the AP poll for the first time this season. Fresno State appears at number 25 in this week's AP poll. In my power ratings, which are basically Vegas ratings, I don't have Fresno State in the top 25. I don't have them in the top 40. Don't even have them in my top 50. I got them currently number 69 in my power ratings. Fresno State clearly massively overrated. You know, when I graduated from college, I spent the summer back home in a small town and 
my best buddy's brother was a senior on a basketball team. They had an excellent basketball team. So in the summer leagues, they were so good relative to the teams they were playing. They would actually try to score 69 and, you know, cause they were going to win the game regardless. So if they got to 69 with two minutes left, they wouldn't score the rest of the game. <laughs> wow. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> true. We have a crossfire in this game. First of all, does anyone agree the Fre- or, or disagree the Fresno? Does anyone feel the Fresno is a top 25 team? Do not, right. do not so, have them right around 40, RJ. All right. But we do have a crossfire in this game. So it makes sense. Brad, you like the team playing the way, way overrated in your mind Fresno team. But can you actually, even though you think they're not 25 in the AP, you actually think that Fresno is the side here? Go. I do. I do. First off, it's the uh, biggest turnaround this season. One and eleven Fresno State right now, finishing up the regular season at nine and three. Two of those losses back to back weeks at Alabama, at Wa- at Washington. I mean, pretty impressive. Uh, then you look at their sacks. How many have they given up for the year? Seven. How many against teams outside of Alabama and Washington? Three. That's pretty amazing. In 10 games, only giving up three sacks. Boise State's given up much more than that. Normally, Boise State, we're used to seeing them dominate teams in the trenches in the Mountain West. Not so this year. This has been Fresno State's strength. And Marcus McMarion, the transfer from Oregon State, has been dynamic. Threw for 332 and two touchdowns in the game at Fresno. Yeah, they had to win it. Uh, They were at home. And again, they, these two teams knew their meeting the following week in the championship game, so I doubt either team showed all their cards, but I just like Tedford in a coaching matchup against Harzen all day and twice on Saturday. So we have a like on Fresno from Ken. You disagree, Brad? Yeah, strictly line value for me. You look at the line of last week's game, Boise State's at Fresno State. They are laying seven points, so let's give three points of home field advantage to Fresno State in that regard. That means on a neutral, Boise State would be laying ten. Boise State Smurf Turf, okay, it's not number one or number two as far as home field advantage like it was five, six, seven years ago in the country. But let's give them four. Let's give them a little bit more than, than your average team. That means Boise State last week would have been laying 14 points at home to Fresno State. I get it. Fresno State pulled the outright upset. So let's upgrade Fresno State a couple of points. Let's downgrade Boise State a couple of points. I get the line to be 10, and right now the line's 9. So I like Boise State. And also, we mentioned these two teams knew they were going to meet each other. I think Boise State held a little bit more back because I think they knew, even by losing that game last week, they were going to get a home game against Fresno State the following week. And you talked about Marcus Marion, McMarion getting 300 passing yards. Kind of a fluke. 85 of that was on one single play. So one play really turn, uh, turned the tides in that one. Give me Boise State. All right. I'm going to allow you, Ken, one rebuttal <laughs> point and then Brad one rebuttal point. Well, the thing with Boise State in a key game at the end of the year where they want to remain unblemished and run the table in the Mountain West Conference, something they haven't done, they lose and they only score 17 points. It's just not the same pedigree of Boise State teams that we've seen. And there's a reason that they just don't stick with Rippin. Rippin threw for Good yardage, no touchdowns. He's done that several times this year. Who comes in? Cozart doesn't throw for a lot of yardage and usually gets him in the end zone. So there's a quarterback controversy. By the time they figure out which quarterback's better, they may be on the outside looking in, watching Fresno State come to the Las Vegas Bowl. All right, Ken likes likes Fresno State. Brad, one rebuttal point. Yeah, another thing as far as line value, again, I don't think you're paying the point spread premium on the Smurf turf. They had failed to cover 12 straight games. Last two, they've gotten the covers. You know, usually you thought you're laying an extra half point or point by playing on Boise State on the Smurf turf. Not the case uh, here the last couple games of the season. 
Give me the Broncos. All right, let's let Matty Holt, CG Technology, he gave us a smart money right up on every game. Let's let him be the decider here. He says 95% of the square over-the-counter action with Brad Powers on Boise. 96% of the account money. That's the Sharps with Ken Thompson on Fresno. And by the way, I'm on Fresno, too, with the Sharps in this game. That was crossfire. Fez, you've got a total in this game. I'm on the over. Both the boys here made great cases about how this game wasn't very important last week. They knew they were going to play a rematch, so they are going to keep it close to the vest, keep it vanilla, despite that 800 yards of offense, but only 45 points. You normally get 800 yards of offense. You should get about 59 total points. Now I'm going to get two teams that are wide How open. do you do that calculation? That was off the top of the the cuff that the average, <laughs> so not really a calculation the average college football game is 56 and that would be an above average yardage so. yeah and i think there's for every point scored there's about 13.8 yards for every point roughly 60 so now we got two teams that are going to check out going to empty the playbook here if they got 800 yards last week they should get 900 this week and we should go sailing over the 49 love that handicap good stuff next game memphis central florida this is our undefeated team with no chance. Brad, we talked about this on the Fox national show, by the way, guys, Friday night, 11 Pacific to midnight. So that's two to three Eastern when the bars are letting out for the youngsters. And we have the podcast we put out on my Twitter at RJ in Vegas the next morning early. So you can listen before the games Saturday night. We need an extra hour, 10 to midnight Pacific. So one to three on the East coast. We do a college football recap and an NFL preview, Brad and Fez anchoring and and really the experts and the wise guy chair, as we call it on that show is we talked about central Florida undefeated would be, be about a 16 point dog against Alabama. So it's not like, Oh, it's so unfair though. We could debate. Maybe they should just get their shot. Who knows? Could create a Hoosiers moment. You know, I almost would, you know, if it was eight, I would enjoy it. You know, because that fourth team could could win it. Remember, Buckeyes were the fourth team, right? Or uh, Ken, you remember this when the Buckeyes won it a couple years ago? Yeah, I remember. You remember? <laughs> is they were the fourth team. So you don't want to be playing games with that fourth team. But in this baby, Brad, you actually like it. Central Florida minus seven right now. You like Memphis. Yeah, I like Memphis. I'm seeing two teams going in opposite directions. Memphis hasn't extended a lot of effort here recently. They've been covering point spreads left and right in blowout fashion. Meanwhile, Central Florida, yes, they're undefeated, but you look at their last five games compared to their first five or six, that noose is starting to get tight as far as that unbeaten pressure. They've been outgained in each of their last two games. Fortunate win at home in their big-time rival spot against South Florida last week. They're outgained by 150 yards. Memphis playing with revenge from losing 40-13 to 13 earlier this year. Bad spot for them. It was a rescheduled game with the Hurricane. Bad travel for Memphis. And they had their worst game as far as their quarterback throwing three interceptions in that game. So bounce back spot for Memphis. News tightening for you, Central Florida. And one other key factor, their head coach, Scott Frost, Central Florida. I think he might be entertaining the possibility that ne- this time next week he's announced as the head coach in Nebraska. So I don't know if he's 100% focused in this one as far as game planning. All right, like Memphis, Brad Powers, Ken Thompson, leaner like? Yeah, I lean towards uh, Central Florida here. Uh, again, a home field advantage. You're not going to make up 38 points in one game. And again, you look at Memphis. Yeah, they've been playing great against Tulsa, SMU, I'll give you that. They're not a bad offense in East Carolina, 70 to 13. So, yeah, you put up 
uh, good numbers there. But again, uh, Central Florida, their toughest last two games. Yeah, no doubt about it. South Florida is a rivalry game. And Quentin Flowers is a quarterback that Riley Ferguson isn't. Ferguson throws the ball better, but Quentin Flowers is a dual threat that Riley Ferguson is nothing close to as far as picking him up, putting him down. And then when you look at, you know, the first game, 603 to 396, five turnovers. I understand that. Five turnovers. When are people going to understand that turnovers are part of the game and the defense probably caused some of those five turnovers to happen? So that lets me know that Central Florida, even though their defense got run all over by South Florida in this particular matchup that they won by 38, they were the dominant team. Were they Where playing? Were they playing? The same exact place. What was the final score in this game? 40 to 13. 40 to 13. All right, 27 points. Yeah, I don't need to make up 38. I got to make up 27. <laughs> there you go. General right. points, points to say. Yeah. General, General points to say. You know what? And, 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 and forgive me because I got the Florida Atlantic and North Texas game in my and yes. that's where Ken, I got That is 38, so that I'll is, give you that. It is 38. In January, it'll be 20 years I've been in Vegas. I've been in this industry the whole, whole time. I've never seen someone with more fat. Brad's uh, pretty amazing, but you got the most facts. On, on instant recall. So yeah, no, no, I, I no. misspoke the score now and again. Off. Hats off there. It doesn't matter anyway. Either way, you're not going to make up that type of point spread when in Ken a misses, of a few weeks. When Ken messes something up, it does not matter. No, it does yeah. not matter here. <laughs> well, still, 40, All right. to, 40 yeah. to 17? Fair enough. All right. 40 to 13. So, 40 to 13. All right. So, <laughs> so here's I'm going to say a couple of things, and then we're going to let Fez break the tie on this game. One, Matty Holt says great two-way action. So the, the Sharps aren't going to give us any insight. I disagree with Brad on one thing. I think Frost seems like one of those heartfelt dudes. And if he's leaving, he's, he knows he can't finish the job all the way in the, in the bowls. He's going to want to finish. I think he's going to work like a maniac to finish the job. I mean, if he felt like he left his team or let his team down, I think any more than he's inevitably, it would seem going to have to by leaving before the bowl. I have a feeling that he just won't allow that to happen. Doesn't mean I disagree with you in general here. I just do think thinking frost is going to be the weak spot. I don't see that here. All right, Fez, you real, get to break quick RJ. Mike Norvell, also the coach in Memphis is being rumored to be a coach going on somewhere, whether it's Arkansas or somewhere else. Mike Norvell's name is coming up. So he may be on the, on the go as well. Interesting. All right, Fez, break the tie. I'm going to lean to Memphis. It's always difficult going to Central Florida, to the bounce house, as they call their stadium. But it's all about energy, especially at the end of the year. Every player is banged up. They're hurt to some extent. Memphis was up 28 nothing in the first quarter in their game versus Central Florida having an all-in effort 60 minutes against an in-state rival, South Florida. More energy for Memphis. Maybe you go first half with Memphis as well because I think that's where the biggest edge of that energy is going to come. Next game, TCU-Oklahoma. This is what we call the big liability game. The pros and the Joes, huge on Oklahoma. And Matty Holt says this baby could get to nine and a half by game day. It's seven right now. Oklahoma favored. And Ken Thompson, you like? I like Oklahoma. Uh, Baker Mayfield. I mean, again, the Heisman, it's already wrapped up, so he doesn't have to stress on that at all. And again, uh, there's just too many weapons on offense. I mean, it's a, a five receivers, two solid running backs in Anderson and Sermon, a decent defense that's able to slow other teams down against the TCU team that in years past, the defense was so solid, they could literally shut you down. Now, I know they've been playing better in second halves, and Brad will get to that, but I'll tell you what, Kenny Hill, to me, against Baker Mayfield, it's a mismatch still. Uh, I, I just think Oklahoma's 
a team that's on a run right now and a team that's destined for the playoffs. I think there's just too many weapons on offense, and TCU's not going to be able to combat that. And you're talking one touchdown. I think I get better than a touchdown in each half. I think Oklahoma wins by at least 14. All right, Fez, Brad has a total, so let's wait on that one. Fez, lean or like? I'm going to lean the other way to TCU. No hurry on this. I know it's a college football podcast also, but I do feel the what's going on in the NFL is going to impact lines this week. Namely, 68% of NFL favorites since week seven have covered. And the people betting the NFL also bet college football. There's a limited board. I think you're going to see a lot of inflation on the favorites in college football because all those favorites have been covering. So I'm waiting on TCU, even though I like them. And I'm taking an old school approach here. You give me a much better defense. I love Oklahoma's offense. Tops in the league. But their defense may be 30th. A much better defense catching points. It's a no-brainer for me in a championship game. Open question. Ken, your thought was, hey, Mayfield with the Heisman wrapped up, less pressure. But this is a win you're in, lose you're out for Oklahoma. How does the pressure? Now, there's two ways to look at this. One is super focus, intensity. The other is, and we see this in must-win spots, quote-unquote must-win spots in the NFL, Teams off, often underperform because they're not used to this kind of pressure. To me, in college football especially, if you told me there is going to be the highest level of pressure on 100 teams, I feel pretty good just blindly playing against them. I'm going to be 55%. Do you guys in general, two questions, and whoever's got a strong feeling, jump in. In general, agree that, that the highest level of pressure is a net negative in college, and two, do you think Oklahoma falls prey to that here? I think Oklahoma showed with Baker Mayfield that pressure is not something that's going to take away from him. You saw it, RJ, in Columbus early in the season. I don't recall what you're Yeah, I know you do. But, I mean, that game (laughs) against Ohio State in a game that was very close, people say it was a blow, it was not a blow. It was a a one-score game at the end of the third quarter, and Barrett missed a sure touchdown pass. Mayfield came back and helped dominate the fourth quarter on the road. That showed me that the pedigree for this team as far as pressure with my guy in charge, my Baker Mayfield, the guy that's driving my car, he's the guy that I feel comfortable that's going to win the Daytona 500. Anyone feel the other way? No, I do not. All right, Brad, total. Uh, Yeah, I like the uh, under here, and let's talk about the TCU defense. In Big 12 play, so we're talking conference action in the highest scoring league in college football. Last seven games combined in the second half, this TCU defense has allowed a combined six points. So you're telling me I got the much better defense in a game where the back door is perfectly, uh, you know, left open here with that Oklahoma defense. I, I like the under here. And another factor for me. So I'm confused. How does the back door? And- yeah, I, I, I want to talk myself into TCU here. <laughs> Be, but I like the under more. You and want I to think, parlay the dog yes, to the under. Yes, I do. I do want to parlay that. But I'll agree with Fez. I would prefer to do that at post and wait on this TCU. So you like the under. And I what, lean what's with the TCU. Ma- what's the main reason to like the under? And the TCU defense is not getting enough credit for the second half performance. Yes, they give a, a, up points in the first half, but their adjustments in the second half, maybe the best in all of college football this year. And I'll say this. You look at the first meeting. We haven't talked about it. Oklahoma dominated first half, 38-14. Adjustments were made at halftime by TCU. It, was it Oklahoma, you know, kind of you know playing out the game, or was it a very good head coach in Patterson adjusting to Baker Mayfield? Did not allow a single point in the second half in that one. I'm going to go with the latter and say they've adjusted Baker Mayfield in that Oklahoma offense. That's why I'm going with the under. So the theory is though, if you play a second game, that superior coaching should start in the first half. 
And I do look, I like Lincoln Riley, but the superior coach, in my opinion, is still Gary Patterson in the smart. RJ, let me ask you something. If you're up thirty-eight to ten at halftime, nah, are you gonna you. have the same incentive going into the second nah, half? Nah, I no. hear you. But I would say this. I think Patterson's one of the six or seven best coaches in college football. Oh, Does yeah, anyone disagree absolutely. with that? Yeah. And a motivated Gary Patterson, as we're taping this on Tuesday, they're they're breaking out that, you know, Baker Mayfield was, you know, throwing footballs in the pregame at the TCU players, knocked one kid out for the the next two games. So very motivated with a chip on their shoulder, Gary Patterson. RJ, I also think that right now TCU is looking at these standings and looking like even if we beat Oklahoma, there's a darn good chance we're not going to any playoff just like it happened several years ago. Fez, is there a way? I know there is, so I'll ask like I don't know. Explain how you can bet second half unders without waiting for halftime because halftime and second half are different bets. Yeah, you can bet the third quarter under and you can bet the fourth quarter under. That's offered at a few uh, sports books. The second half line is total is not offered typically. Really? But you can I've bet. Seen it. In the NFL, they have it, right? Very rarely. I think the Cal Neva used to do that. The um, You can bet which will be the higher scoring half, the first half or the second half. That's a common NFL prop. So the theory is you wait till half, you know, that's the catch 22. You know, what'd be interesting. You know how you can make an action bet in baseball, obviously not worry about the pitchers. They should let you make an action bet and like, say, I want to place, you know, the halftime line under, but I don't have to be here during these eight minutes to do it. I guess just as long you'd have to trust the number is going to be, you know, I guess in a way they could look at their action beforehand and then make the line accordingly. Right. So that'd be tough too. All right. Good stuff, guys. Next game. This is a pros and Joes, both on the same side. Ohio State, the Ohio State University. Some say the best team in the country playing against Wisconsin. This line is up to seven. The Buckeyes, the team with two losses, the team people keep talking about Iowa, Iowa, Iowa. Well, they're favored against the last power five undefeated team by a touchdown in this game, and both the pros and the Joes, though, are on Wisconsin. Pros and Joes are on Wisconsin. Fez, you like this game. I like whiskey. Their defense, it's all about that. They have held every single opponent to, get this, RJ, 17 or fewer points. Northwestern got 24. That's because of a pick six. So if your defense is going to hold all year long, you think you have a letdown. Every opponent to 17. Now you got an injured quarterback coming in for Ohio State. That And Ohio State, the book on them is they tend to be a little bit conservative, if not very conservative, in these big games. If they hold Ohio State, heck, give them another touchdown. 24 points still should be an easy cover for Whiskey that's going to ground and pound and get their 20. He likes Wisconsin. Ken, I'm surprised you passed this game. We let the boys pass one game. I think your instincts to bet against the Buckeyes, if history is any indication, why didn't you like Wisconsin here? Uh, first off, I like the way Ohio State, again, showed that they can come back like they did on the road in Michigan last week. Shows me something. A team that, you know, down a couple scores on the road could easily, you know, say, oh, no, here it is, deja vu. Could happen to us again like happened in Iowa. But they didn't. They reached deep and they found a way to get the W. Look, Wisconsin, I'm married into the Wisconsin family. My wife's born just outside of Madison, so I'll – kind of side on caution there. Don't want to root against my wife. And uh, But although if I saw an angle to where I felt comfortable laying the touchdown with Ohio State, money's more important to me, so I would take uh, take a shot there. But Wait, I just money's think, more important than 
Money's more important not, than, not than, than the marriage. Rooting for just yeah. a little heat. No, they're rooting for Wisconsin. Yeah. You understand? Yeah, this. not right. the marriage. Right. They're rooting for Wisconsin. Yeah. I could I could quietly go, oh, huh, and that's a shame. You know, I just uh, meanwhile pad the bank account. But you know what? I just think it's a spot that I could see it going either way. I agree with Fezzik that Wisconsin's D is good, but again, their schedule is so pathetic because they really, outside of beating Michigan, have played the weakest Big Ten schedule that I've seen. And again, I don't think the Big Ten is very good. So right. that's where that's where I'm at. So let's just take a moment to talk about Michigan. (laughs) Once again, Michigan loses to the Ohio State Buckeyes. Nothing really more to say. Well, I think there is something more to say. The way we keep score here in Las Vegas, Michigan, my best bet last week on this podcast, defeated the Ohio State Buckeyes. Listen, when you're heartless and and you have dollar signs for eyeballs like you do, and again, if I wanted someone, if I wanted someone to bet for me, like I, you know, you and I do a lot of betting together, I have no problem with you being heartless. I just choose not to live my life that way. I'm a fan and a better. All right, Brad. Leaner like, yeah, I lean with Wisconsin here, especially with the line continuing to, to climb. And here's the thing, you know, for Ohio State to be a touchdown favorite, I, I got to have a lot of things in my factor. Well, I got a couple things that are questionable. Number one, my starting quarterback was hurt and didn't finish the Michigan game, even though the backup played well. Is JT Barrett looks like he's going to play? Is he going to be 100? percent And also, my defensive coordinator was going to be announced as the head coach at Tennessee on Sunday. And now all the things that are happening, you know, he might sue Tennessee. Is he 100% invested in the game plan for this upcoming opponent? Those two questions have me leaning towards Wisconsin. And I also think the 59 to nothing gets overplayed. Everyone remembers that Ohio State beating Wisconsin three years ago in this because they needed an impressive performance to get in the playoffs. I go back to last year's game was nip and tuck. Wisconsin probably should have won outright at home. That game to me means more than the 59 nothing where all those players are gone playing in the NFL at this well, point. Well, remember here that Gary Anderson was coaching that team. This is Paul Christ, and his alma mater is Wisconsin. So he may remind the guys of that and say, look, I wasn't here, but I'm embarrassed for my school. Let's avenge that loss. This is R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. All right, guys, next game. And from here on, it's smart money and three best bets left. So the stakes are going up. But first, let's give some kudos out there. Now, boys, not a great start. Not a great start to your packages. We don't run away every pick from every pro ever archived forever of a pregame.com. You see the last hundred on one page, just to glance at with red and green. You guys both started a little slow. Many people took advantage of the guarantee. I'm optimistic. You're going to come out of it one week. And again, guys, always be careful. doesn't matter how smart these guys are. The goal is 55% winners, but because the response was so great and quite frankly, the listens on the podcast went up from your support We're going to go back into the coupons, but instead of 10, which we normally start at, I'm not even going to start at 11. I'm going to make it an even dozen CFB dream 12 CFB all caps dream spelled out one and then a two, the number one and two CFB dream 12, 12 bucks off anything you want between now and Saturday, any college football 
Brad, Ken, Fez, whomever, CFB, Dream 12. Thank you for all the support. All right, let's get to the smart money game. Akron. My sister lives in Akron. Toledo. Toledo favored by 21 and a half in this game. And we've got a like from Brad Powers. Yeah, I like Akron here. I'm taking the, the big dog here, getting the 21 and a half. And boy, big dogs have been profitable. Uh, I'm going to steal Ken's Thunder a little bit, but I also had it uh, down. I mean, big dogs and Mac uh, title games, you know, six and one getting 12 or more. And what does it have to do with this game? Well, let's talk line value. These two teams, uh, like a lot of these conference championship games we've talked about, met earlier this season at home. Toledo was laying 15 and a half. Sure, they covered. They won by 27. They were clearly the right side. But you mean to tell me you flip to a neutral field four or five weeks later, and now they're laying 21 and a half? That's too big of a line adjustment here. And I think the overreact, overreaction is Akron losing their quarterback three games ago. Look, the, the freshman that's replaced him, look, they won both games that he started. Uh, look, he's had a really good performance one week. A bad performance the next week. I care about the W's. Too many points to be getting in a championship game. That's why I like the zips plus the points. Okay, so you like this game is so, so complicated in so many ways. We said it's a smart money game, right? So the smart money here is, let's just read a quote. Account wagering, which is the sharps, is completely one-sided on Toledo. Toledo. And Brad, you liked Akron. Brad seems proud. I'm, I wouldn't be, but that's him. Ken Thompson, you actually like this game too. So it's a double like. Oh, wait. Double like means you like. I, I love a little <laughs> Huey Lewis for me, please. Hey, no, that's the rule. No stepping <laughs> on oh, you Huey. You already played it once. <laughs> hey, Huey gets the strut when he wants to strut. Make your case. Tell you what, uh, again, I'm going to use a little Terry Bowden magic here. I think he's got this team playing their best ball right now. Again, I think Toledo wins the game, but I just think, uh, again, pedigree as far as Akron, they're, they're getting things rolling now. Their quarterback got suspended. He could play this game, but right now is listed at doubtful, so they'll probably stay with Nelson. But Ulysses Gilbert, 117 tackles for Akron. I mean, the next closest guy has 60 on the team. Unbelievable. He's going to come up with a big player, too. They're not going to win the game, but they're going to hang within two touchdowns. All I care about is they hang within three plus 21 and a half. Give me Akron. Now, Matty Holt explains there's some real questions about QB Wooderson. Woodson? Woodson. Yeah, Woodson. Woodson. And I'm thinking about the, the great movie, uh, <laughs> uh, Dazed and Confused, right? That was Matthew McConaughey's character, yes. if I remember correctly. Great movie if you haven't seen it. And what Matty Holt's saying is he's seeing some strange, sharp betting that makes him feel like that that they're saying Woodson is probable, but you you were checking just before Brad. Where did you have it at? Yeah, he's listed as doubtful. As doubtful, but it the makes no sense I, if he's probable. The so, line's so, going to move in the other. Well, direction. the only thing I saw it said suspension served, so he's he can play if the coach decides. Yeah. So, but he's saying his sharpest of the sharp batters put his Monday limit. Limit bet on Toledo, which makes him think he knows something about Akron that he won't be playing. How much of an upgrade would Woodson be? Oh, at least three or four points. So maybe that is what's going on here is by Monday, they thought he was probable. Someone knew he wasn't. 
bet big on Toledo and now come Tuesday night, it looks like he's doubtful. And that's that guy. knew That something. would explain the four point line move that we've seen, which it opened around 18. All right, Fez. So we got a double like against the sharps from the boys. You actually like the other side. You're with the sharps on Toledo. So this could have been a crossfire. It could have been a Huey it could have been sharps versus. So I'm going to let you like Andre two on one, make the case for Toledo. I like Toledo. I don't know what Brad's talking about when he says this is a neutral site, 61 mile drive for Toledo up to Detroit, 191 miles for Akron. It's going to be a lot more Toledo fans in Detroit for this game, especially considering that they're laying 21 and a half. I check with my math geeks before this game. They tell me they don't care who the quarterback is for Akron. They said Akron is the most overrated team that they've seen in a long time, and they can't wait to play this team team total next year. 3-0 and in games decided by three points or less. They've won all the very close games. I won't go through each and every game. The poster child for why Akron is overrated. Western Michigan, they get outgained by 200 yards. They win the game outright by one point. This team is a fraud. They're going to get absolutely clobbered. All right, so guys, this is not easy stuff, right? Smart Money and Fazon Toledo. Akron has both Brad and Ken. I'm passing that game. Though I do lean with the smart money. All right, Ken, we actually had some recording problems. This is literally our second time through, so it's nice and clean. You got to run for your radio show. We're going to jump to your best bet first here. And then you wanted to talk about one other thing you said? Well, no, yeah, I, I just figured if we, you know, I, I could probably get another five, six minutes. In All right, so let's do it. this. Let's do your best bet. Okay. Let's quickly do the playoff debate with you, and then we'll finish up with the boys' two best bets in the Friday game. There you go. Um, well, the Friday game's my SC Trojans, too. Yeah, well, uh, then then let's start with your best bet. And right. we all, you know, we're going to save Blossom because we don't want to waste the time for go. a little later. You've got a best bet on North Texas and Florida Atlantic. Yeah, and here it is. Here's my 38-point recall over here that uh, I got mixed up earlier. But, yeah, Florida Atlantic just pummeled North Texas, and I don't see any reason they won't. It, the game is back at Florida Atlantic. Jason Driscoll's playing out of his mind, the quarterback for FAU. Uh, Singletary's running the ball well. This team, again, uh, the yardage, they only outgained them by 98 yards, but they had a 3-0 turnover advantage in that first game. And, again, Mason finds a nice quarterback. In fact, He's fine. That's exactly what he is for North Texas, and they've had a great year. But they're minus four in sacks, and they're not that great on turnovers as well. Florida Atlantic, everything Lane Kiffin touches this year, the lane train is rolling. They're plus 12 in turnovers, plus 11 in sacks. They've got a real deep squad offensively, just too much offense. And for North Texas to try and make up, what, the spread's 10.5 and and 38, you're just not going to make it up. I don't care about turnovers, whatnot. Florida Atlantic definitely wins this game by 15-plus. Okay, line has moved with them here. This baby opened up Florida Atlantic 8 up to 11. Any sense you bet this early? Does this keep going, Faz, you think? I think it keeps going, especially with all those favorites covering in the NFL. When these teams played the first time this year, 11 possessions for Florida Atlantic, RJ, 11 scoring drives. Domination. Any thoughts, Brad? Yeah, 800-plus yards, a conference record for Florida Atlantic, a hell of a lot of ground to make up if you want to back North Texas. And so, leaner like? I'm going to lean with Florida Atlantic here, and another reason, Lane Kiffin is not afraid to pour it on. There is no mercy for him. I've lost a couple of under tickets this year because he's scoring with 20 seconds left up big. Except when he took the intentional safety, (laughs) backed his team up 40 yards in the last three plays. 
we're going to jump ahead to our playoff discussion. So Brad, or I'm sorry, Ken can participate. And this is part of the overrated underrated. Ken, you actually think Bama being number one in Brad's power ratings. I guess it can't be underrated. At number one, you think they're overrated. I do. I have Clemson one ahead of them. I had Auburn, Georgia, and Oklahoma all ahead of them because I'm looking at it on a neutral field. Who would I want at this particular time? The reason I don't want Alabama, it was evident in the Auburn game that their linebacking core is so depleted that they just can't cover teams that have speed out of the backfield. And all, th- all three, all four of these teams that I talked about all have more speed and more weapons now than Bama does. And defensively, it's not the same Bama team. When you lose guys like Jonathan Allen and guys that they've lost, and then you have uh, your secondary leader, Minka Fitzpatrick, all banged up, it's just not the same dominating defense that we've seen year in, year out for Saban. And as good as Saban is, he just wasn't good enough uh, to compete in Auburn. And again, their schedule, Brad talked about their best win being against LSU. No, it was against Mississippi State. Remember, Mississippi State beat LSU by 30 points. So their win by seven in Starkville where they scored with 25 seconds left, that's their best win. A very weak schedule for Alabama, it was evident. I tend to agree with Ken here because I think what happens is we're so taught, don't let individual games, you know, the the vagaries of the flows and ups and downs of the seasons affect us too much. But I think in college football, you have to because you don't know these kids. You can look at the recruiting guide, right? But Texas under Mac Brown had five stars or whatever every position, right? And Vince Young was the only time they really, really won at the highest level. Uh, it just strikes me. What do we know about this Alabama team? Like if this was a blind resume, they'd be what's sixth or seventh in the country. If in a blind resume to me, but you were talking about Sagarin's power ratings. Do you know what they have Alabama right now? Still number one. By a couple I just points. don't understand that. How could you objectively look at that schedule and those results and say they should be the, they're the best team. Well, if you look at the at the how many points they won, they beat teams like Vanderbilt like sixty to six. Yeah, but usually those those computer programs have a real diminishing return on those blowouts because it's usually the decision of the team. So here's my question: When Auburn, it was in Auburn, and the line was Bama by three and a half when it opened. Correct. Yep. Okay. And I think we can agree Alabama is a public team. So I'm going to look at the line move as a public move. I'm not sure that's exactly right. So they're saying, and what's, and let's be candid uh, and honest. What's Auburn's home field in that spot? Oh, in that spot, maybe five. All right. So they're saying eight and a half points better, right? Three and a half yep. plus five. Okay. Now you downgraded Alabama. How much and upgraded Auburn? How much? Uh, two and a half each. All right. So you're still saying three and a half. All right. So that's interesting. So, um, so you're staying consistent with your numbers. I think they were wrong to start with, you know, probably more than that. I, I think when you have the only really, really, really tough game and they lay such an egg, I think a two point, I think there might be a six or seven point adjustment. I, I get it. I mean, they lost on the final scoreboard, but they were still up in the middle of third quarter on the road against their rival it was 14, 10. It's not like they were completely outplayed from start to finish. Last thing, Ken, before you run, I'm going to give two situations and let the boys go around the round table and give us their thoughts is ACC winner is in SEC winner is in Wisconsin wins, Oklahoma wins. So the top four win or does it matter because Miami jumps or Georgia jumps Brad does Alabama. Their only question is, does Alabama somehow supplant someone? Will they, should they? 
They won't, and they should not. Those four teams that win in that scenario should all make it over Alabama. And remember, guys, this is not about who the four best teams are. This is who's had the four best seasons, which is very similar but not exactly the same. So it doesn't contradict Alabama being the best team. Same question, Ken. Okay, and you and you said ACC winner, SEC winner, Oklahoma. Wins, Wisconsin wins. Yeah, that, those are your four right there. Wisconsin, you can't take it away if they go undefeated in the Big Ten and beat Ohio State, who showed Moxie by coming back and knocking off Michigan on the road. That gives Wisconsin that little, you know, best win for sure. Yes, for sure. And they're the only power five undefeated. Yes. Like, do you put a two loss team in? Well, our, Auburn's going to be there. If That's they what beat I'm Georgia. saying. Yeah, well, they're going to put a there. two loss team in and not an undefeated team. That's you true. Can't do that. That's it. Fast, same question. Yeah, and same answer, and I feel so strongly about this, RJ. What happens if, it, if there was some kind of accident? Whiskey didn't play and Oklahoma didn't play. They don't even have to play these games, and they'd still be in over Alabama, and they're going to have a win over a quality opponent. I think if Wisconsin didn't have – if there wasn't a championship game and the best win is Michigan, I think the conversation starts then. But it, obviously that's a hypothetical. Last question. Now it gets interesting. Buckeyes are favored by a touchdown. Buckeyes win. So it's ACC champion, SEC champion. Oklahoma's in, which makes it a little more complicated. If Oklahoma loses, that helps. If you're rooting for Alabama or Ohio State to get in, Oklahoma losing really opens the door up to that. Uh, And we can debate Ohio State, TCU. I don't think it's much of a debate. But here's the question. Is if Ohio State beats Wisconsin, but Oklahoma wins. Now it really comes down to ACC, SEC, Oklahoma, and now it's Ohio State. Two losses, but with much better wins. It's unequivocal. And a conference championship versus a one-loss Bama team that hasn't, e- that didn't even win their division. Didn't even win their division. Brad, who will, let's start with Will, who should All right. Uh, When we did the Fox National show on Saturday night, I thought 90% Alabama will be in. Boy, looking at what the narrative has been the last three, four days, I'm only about. And and RJ's narrative. Yes. I'm probably. Say that that with strength, not like like you're down about someone educating you. No, I appreciate (laughs) what we were talking that. Look, we we prepped together on the Colin Coward show. We were the first. I'll give you props for that. We were the first to really start saying, hey, if Ohio State wins out, and at that time, if Alabama went out, Ohio State can have a really good shot at the playoffs. But I'm still going to say 55% sure that Alabama would make the playoffs in that. Who should? Alabama should get in. Wow. One fewer loss. And we, that loss being good. We won't rehash this, but we went through the four <laughs> best wins of each. Is Ohio State's wins would be favored over all four. If you slot one. Versus one, Penn State's favorite. You know, Wisconsin, Penn, this is the hypothetical Buckeyes winning. Same question, Ken. Yeah, and, and it's splitting hairs for me. And again, I I hate to say it, but I thought the Big Ten, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, RJ, I thought the Big Ten was weak all year. And oh, I thought you were going to say Ohio State. No, Wisconsin, that's no, what you hated Wisconsin, to Wisconsin, say. Well, Wisconsin's schedule is weak. Uh, the only way Ohio State jumps Alabama is if they pull another 59 nothing type win against Wisconsin. Wow. Wow. So if that's, they, if that's, they win like 40 to three, uh, they totally dominated an undefeated Wisconsin team. Then I think Ohio State, because they're playing while Alabama's on the sidelines, it's going to be fresh in the committee's minds. And I really think Ohio State may get in there because it would help them out, too, if Auburn beats Georgia, because then you already have a two loss team in there. So you get another two loss team in there. Why should we say the SEC team with two losses is better than the Big Ten team with two losses? I agree. If you want to go there. 
That's I what agree. I'm just I'm saying that as far as the committee, if Auburn wins. So if I'm an Ohio State fan, I'm rooting for, of course, a route, which you, you know, they're expecting to take care of business against Wisconsin and rooting for Auburn. So you to have take to route the, the only undefeated team left. Wow. Got to do it. Faz, same question. I agree that Alabama is about a 90% chance. However, I disagree with Ken. I oh, hold on. Just answer the question the way it's 90% asked. 90% Alabama deserves to go. I don't want any chances. I want you to tell me. Obviously, it's a chance. No one knows for sure. Who do you think gets in? Alabama. And I Who should get in? Alabama. But Alabama is rooting, I feel, for Auburn. Because if Georgia beats Auburn, that's going to devalue Alabama's You know, class. I would think so. If you play with 538 that has ways you can play this, they actually say Georgia winning helps Alabama. I don't understand that either. But it, that's what it's saying. And it doesn't mean that's it's That's on right. a neutral field as opposed to, you know— Auburn's win being on a home field. But your loss obviously looks better if it's the team that won the SEC, right? That's Fez's thoughts. I believe there's a 90% chance it'd be the Buckeyes. And here's why, quote Watergate, follow the money. Now, forget all the drama about the SEC. And Ken, you can start, your mic's dead. You can start packing up. No problem. Thank you. And guys, one thing to think about. Yeah, I, I mean, they they seem like movie stars, these guys. They seem like celebrities, and, and the sports books they are. But these guys are grinding, and there's a lot of work that goes into this pod, and especially when the first 40 minutes gets erased. I don't want to blame anybody in particular. But the fact of the matter is, Ken, a, a great, great effort here. We appreciate it. And, you know, really, the feedback. Hold on. Is that eighth? I think you're still in my eighth. Is that yours or it's Fez's? Okay. Oh, okay. So he's going to be reading Ken. There you go. We're going to have him right here. But but all joking aside, and I want to be sincere, it's a real effort from these guys, and I appreciate it. I know you do because on Twitter we get so much feedback, and obviously the show's growing because of the effort. So thank you so much. Here's my point. Follow the money. And two SEC teams doesn't help the TV ratings at all. I know Bama's a popular team. But think about everyone in the Big Ten, from Rutgers to Mayor, you know, the, the, the whole Big Ten situation is, I think we all can agree, not having a Big Ten team in there is going to hurt the ratings. And you don't think that the Big Ten has as much political pool as any conference? I, I mean, Fez, it blows my mind. So how's this sound? Let's make our bet right now that if that scenario happens, we have a bet. And if it doesn't happen, we don't have a bet. Now, you're saying the odds should be about nine to one. I'm going to take five to one. Okay? So I'm letting you take your – now, it's going to be – Brad, be honest. It's going to be hard for him to back out yeah. here, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Okay. So let's say you were over-exaggerating by double. It should still It should still be a situation where you're figuring, hey, you've got an even bet anyway. I'm taking five to one. And I'll take the Buckeyes, and I'd I'd like to bet five hundred. So it'd be five hundred to win twenty five hundred. I'm gonna fold. <laughs> what, wow. what? You can have a hundred. Hundred is the limit here. You'll, at, you'll at, give me a hundred. I'll give you a hundred. You'll because, give me a hundred because I think that you brought up excellent points about the corruption, and I'm the king of corruption. <laughs> I believe in corruption. So why am I betting on purity here? You got a hundred to win five hundred, and the TV ratings will back it up. I mean, when Ohio State was playing that title game, by far the most watched you know, college football playoff game that we've had here the first three, four years. 
couple of things. I, I wouldn't go screaming, I'm the king of corruption, one. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're about as honest of a batter. But I believe in the corruption of systems. I talk all the time about teams possibly tanking, things no, like that. No, I understand. That. There's a great, I'm not a huge Grateful Dead fan. I saw them twice in 95 at the very, I think their last tour, their next last tour. Anyone a Dead fan here? No. no. Is they have a great song called Me and My Uncle. And if you're not a Dead fan and you want to check one out, you know, Friend of the Devil is a great song. Obviously, Touch of Grey was a big hit. But Me and My Uncle is a great song. And in it, his uncle, it's in like an 1850 saloon type thing. And a poker game breaks out. And then they go that they accuse my uncle of cheating is how the line goes. And he goes, Oh no, that can't be. I know my uncle and he's as honest as me. And I'm as honest as a gambler man can be. <laughs> Great line. Yeah. Fez, you're as honest as a gambler man can be. Now I'm going to let you back out because once you gave up, once you say I fold, don't feel any need. Like I won already. Don't feel any need to take a hundred to win five. If you don't want, it. if you want it, I want it. Right. But if you don't want it fold all the way, I don't want you to have both the, 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 the humiliation <laughs> of folding and having a bad situation, a hundred to win 500. Oh, I think my number was bad. I will fold. You'll fold totally. Totally. Boy, how nice was I there, Brad? Hey, very nice. <laughs> Cause wow. I know. Fez is so honorable, he'd want to give me the hunter because he didn't, wouldn't want to back off totally. I, I wouldn't want you to have it unless you wanted it. You're just happy that Peterman isn't playing quarterback for Buffalo turning the ball over anymore. Anyway. No, I wish he was because I'd bet against him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good stuff. I, so what would now that we've thought it through, what would you put the odds at? I would still say that Bama's more likely to get in. Like 60-40 or even 70-30. 70-30. What, any reconsideration? Where no, do you put I the was number? at 55 or 60%. Yeah, just a smidge. You've, you've won me over, and the, just hearing the entire narrative here the last three days has got me from where Fez was, 90% on Saturday, Alabama getting in, down to that 55, 60%. Good stuff, guys. Now we've got best bet from Fez coming up next. Then we've got Brad's best bet. And then we've got the Friday game, which we're doing last. So if you're listening on Saturday, you can skip it. USC Stanford, three games left. Two best bets. Let's get to it. Georgia, Auburn, SEC championship right now, minus two and a half, Auburn. Fez, you actually have your best bet on? Georgia, plus the two and a half. Hold on, though. We can't do our best bets without. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. This is growing on you, isn't it, Brad? Oh, I, I watched a little I, bit of it as a kid. You watched Blossom? Yeah. So how old? You're 30. Yeah, that was four? late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, early 90s? Yeah, I watched it. Did you have a little crush on Blossom? No. Because she, she was Jewish, you didn't have a crush on her? <laughs> I was more of a Tiffany Amber <laughs> Theus and uh, oh, oh, so, so, Kelly Kapowski from Saved by the Bell. Oh, there you go. Oh, I bet you yeah. loved Kelly. Yes, I did. Was that how your sex life began in your bedroom alone? Uh, that and uh, <laughs> that little Winnie Cooper from... Uh, oh, yeah. Winnie. You didn't yeah. feel like Winnie was too innocent like to, to think That's of that what, way? Well, that was her part of her attraction. You wanted to soil her. Yes. Oh my God. Can you believe the truth coming? I was being sarcastic. He's just nodding. Yeah. I just want to get to my best bet. What? Are you embarrassed? Not at all. Cheryl I mean, Ladd, Jacqueline Smith. 
Oh, so so it was. What was that? Charlie's Angels. Yeah, like both of them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought he was going to go back like yeah. the Gilligan's Island or something. <laughs> Marianne, or what was the two? Mary I Ginger. Ginger. Were you Ginger, or Marianne? Marianne. Marianne. Oh, I knew that. Marianne, definitely. You, you were scared of Ginger. Let's be honest. I'm terrified. <laughs> best bet, best. Best bet, we're going to take Georgia plus the two and a half. Number, I've got four reasons for this. I really like this play. Number one, line value. One month ago, I was on Auburn at home. Brad just mentioned their home field worth upwards of five points. Auburn was catching two and a half in that game against Georgia. Well, now they're playing in the Georgia Dome. If anything, a slight advantage to Georgia and Auburn is laying the two and a half. So a huge line move on the game. Number two. So not a line move. It's a line adjustment from a prior matchup. Correct. A lot of new data since then, though, right? A lot of new data, and Auburn's been playing awesome. But Auburn, running back cluster injuries. Their number two running back, Petway, has been out. No big deal because Carrion Johnson is an absolute stud. How important is he, RJ? Well, he missed two games this year. They lost to Clemson 6-14. to They got six points, and they beat Mercer. Mercer with Adam, 24 to 10. It's a totally different team. They interviewed him. He says, you know, I'm all banged up. I'm injured, but I think I can play. He is not going to be close to 100%. That is a huge deal. Auburn ran all over Georgia in the first matchup. Third reason, the recent revenge. Georgia is 11-1. Georgia is awesome. They played one bad game all year, the Auburn game. You don't think they have this game circled? In their 10 wins, other than Notre Dame, they won at Notre Dame. Every game they won by 14 or more. They've never slipped up. They've absolutely been the best team in the country. That's why they're ranked number one. And energy levels. Georgia, easy. Cupcake win against Georgia Tech. Had the game at halftime versus Auburn. Tear down the goalposts. Destroy the stadium. Have the fans storm the field when they beat their hated rival. Letdown spot coming. Even though it's the SEC championship game, more energy for Georgia. I love Georgia. Wow, I, I agree with the handicap. Let's go to Ken Thompson. Ken likes Georgia. Not a lean. It's even more. He likes Georgia. Number one factor, neutral field, Georgia fan base. How many points do you give that, fast? One point. And, yep, let's talk smart money. Matty Holt, both public and over-the-counter on Auburn. Over-the-counter is more split. Money wagered over-the-counter on Auburn, but on account, 97% of the early action. Now, again, this is early, Auburn. All right, Brad, lean or like? Yeah, I lean with Georgia. There's not much to add from uh, Fez's great four points. You saying he was long-winded? Yeah, just a little bit. But that's all right. <laughs> hey, look, I was following along with the handicap. You don't There's... like when anyone talks but you. No, I, I, I'm i a good listener. Nah, I think, I'm joking. Yeah, I, <laughs> no, I would say that's one of my strong suits, although... Thanks for saying that. Yeah. It's kind of like in, like, they asked... In the presidential debates, like, you know, what's your biggest weakness? And they'll be like, I care too much. You know, sometimes <laughs> I just care so much that I'm not realistic. So you're saying, hey, one of my great strengths is listening. Yes. <laughs> and uh, here's why I lean and not like Georgia here. I'm going to give maybe a negative. You talk about them possibly being flat. I could tell you this, uh, you know, past experience says Gus Malzahn handles this situation well. How about the last time they beat Alabama? They kicked six, even a more dramatic type win over Alabama four years ago. They went and crushed Missouri the following week in the SEC championship game. And I'll come over the top and say the last time they beat a number one team, uh, they were playing the University of Louisiana Monroe. 
and they were tied 7-7 late in the second quarter. Yes, and I had a best bet on Louisiana Monroe there, but a completely different motivational spot. When you're in the college football playoff, I get it. They might be slightly flatter than Georgia energy level, but they're still going to be motivated here. One thing you know, when Fez says he has a best bet on Georgia. What are you doing? This guy don't carry his money in a wallet. Hey, why does he got carry his money in a roll? He's going to be batting the game. We know the same thing about Brad. Brad, your best bet. Yeah, we're going to go a little bit off the board here. In fact, a lot. We're going to go down in the Sun Belt and take Arkansas State minus one in this spot. It's simple for me. Arkansas State does not lose at home in Sun Belt Conference play. They haven't lost one in more than three years. They're 12-0 straight up, 9-3 and against the number. They own the series. They won and covered four of their last five against Troy. Crush Troy last year, 35-3 to on the road. So a lot of ground to make up. And I think Troy, this whole season, after the big outright upset over LSU, has been vastly overrated. Now, they have won and covered their last two games, but against two of the bottom five teams in the entire country. So, hence, they're a little bit overrated again because people have seen them coming off two blowout wins. I got a near pick game. I got the home team, comparable teams, great line value. Give me Arkansas State minus one. Best bet, Arkansas State. Brad Powers, any thoughts, Faz, on that one? No thoughts at all on the Sun Belt, just not two teams I followed, RJ. Fair enough. As Socrates said, well, Plato wrote Socrates saying, a man who knows what he doesn't know knows a lot. I like. <laughs> Tommy Likey. All right. We're heading to our Friday bonus coverage right here on the Dream Preview. By the way, guys, a lot of good stuff, but it's Tuesday. For all the late info, go up to pregame.com. And there's the Game Center, which has great stuff. You can see the bet splits on every game, including cash. Only place in the world live cash data is free. Only place in the world for that. And so much more free picks, videos, etc. Okay, USC Stanford. USC favored by four and a half in this game. And we've got a lean from Brad and a lean from Fez. Let's start with Fez. Lean on. I lean to USC. It's all about the situational spot. SC off a late season buy. I love late season buys. Everyone's so banged up this time of year. And SC has had a lot of injuries this year. So that definitely benefits them. Contrast that with the four big games in a row that Stanford has had to play. Washington, Washington State, the game against Cal and Notre Dame. It just screams to USC. However, it's only a lean. And the reason being, I wanted to ask Brad about this. Stanford has a long history. This game's not in their home stadium, but it's in the Bay Area. As a home dog, Stanford has been pure money, right, Brad? Would that trend not somewhat apply with this game in Santa Clara? It would. 9-0 and against the spread with eight outright upset wins as a home dog. I do give Stanford about one, one and a half points of home field advantage. But I agree with Fez. The overriding and number one factor for me is the situational spot. USC, I mean, how many times has a team come off a bye playing a conference championship game? That's something I got to look up. I don't know if it's ever happened before a team not playing the week prior to a conference championship game. Not just four games, but how about five straight games for Stanford coming down to the final minutes? You missed the Oregon State game, which were they were very fortunate to cover. So I think they're a little bit out of gas. Bryce Love might not be 100% here. Give me the Trojans minus the points. Why I don't like it? I'll tell you, Stanford in that kind of home underdog role, 3-0 in Pac-12 title games. The Pac-12 South has never won a Pac-12 title game either. Do you think that, is that random? Like, like I don't think seven it's, straight coin flips or is there something to no, it? No, I mean, they've dominated and it's mainly been Stanford. I don't and, mean coin flips as in the game was a close call. I mean, it was just kind of, it's like saying, oh, I think I saw a trend. And again, we can debate trends till we're blue. 
but like teams that have the letter O in them have covered like 60% the last three years, <laughs> you know, like something that makes no sense. I mean, if you do regression, you're going to come up with a lot of stuff. We always said if we do trends, we're going to have the logic behind any and not you said that off the cuff. Any logic to that? Well, I think USC, UCLA's, the, the teams from the Pac-12 South, sexier brand than your, you know, your blue blood type of Stanford to play, you know, a much more physical game. That's where I think there's line value. By the way, USC hadn't had a buy before last week. Though, so if anything, they were craving it. Absolutely. A great factor. They needed one. Smart money report from Addie Holt, both sharp and square one-sided action on USC um, due to this one-sided action. Okay. So USC agreement airline has gone up. You guys both lean USC. Ken Thompson likes the over over in this game. He's a USC expert. His number one factor, the Stanford and he spoke, he spelled Cardinal, right? Right. No S that's pretty strong. QB change from the first meeting. So he considers that to be an upgrade. We all agree with that. Yep. Two or three points. KJ Costello over Keller Christ. And if you like the over and you bet live or in the second half, Stanford has a long history of ultra conservativeness in the first quarter. You might get a better number if you bet during the game. All right, guys, any closing thoughts on this? one? Nope. All right. Here's the thing, guys. Next week, we'll be doing an early bowl look. These bowl lines move like crazy. Be good to get some bets down early. I think we're going to do something like maybe the five uh, games that the guys, maybe the four games each of the guys are looking at the hardest, like that interest them the most. Maybe not comprehensive that first week. Also, Fez and I, in the and with Matty Holt, at minimum, he, he we think he may be able to be here. But if not, we'll get his reports. NFL Dream Preview, that comes out Thursday. You can follow me on Twitter for all this at RJ in Vegas. Talk to you there. Thanks for listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week. What's it like for you watching games of your son coaching? Agonizing. It's a family affair on Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast. You know, I didn't know there was actual work here. <laughs> Recent guests include Rich Eisen, Judge Judy, John Harbaugh, and the Sklar brothers. That was definitely a great moment to tell our parents, hey, we're not going to go to law school. We're just going to go ahead and do a job we could have done out of high school. Thanks for paying Thanks for, for, paying for <laughs> Exclusively on Podcast One Sportsnet. Get episodes every Tuesday at Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Hey, it's Jay Moore, and it is time, finally, for America's Lakers podcast. That's right, I'm going to be hosting America's Lakers podcast. My man, Aaron Larsoul, an analytical genius, he's going to bring to the table what I can't every Wednesday. America's Lakers podcast exclusively at podcastone.com, the podcastone.com app, which I highly recommend. You can rate and review this podcast on all Apple products. And guess what we're not going to do? We're not going to bathe in the gossip and the gratuitous negativity that's been swallowing Los Angeles whole lately. Who did what? Who snitched? Who said what? How about truth? How about facts? How about statistics? How about rotations? What's Luke Walton thinking? Who's underperforming? Who's overachieving? Who's rewarded? Who's coming? Who's going? And what are we going to do with all that delightful, delicious cap space? 
America's Lakers Podcast with me, Jay Moore, and my man, my brother, Aaron Larsoul, every Wednesday, podcast1.com.